I know that there's going to be a book signing at a winery. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Okay. I like that a lot. Hi, Chapter 8. Hi, Chapter 11. You're listening to the Fearless Minipod, a limited mini-series of super short episodes in which we talk about the chapters of the book Fearless, transforming fear into courage within relationships, career, society, and self. I'm Kristen Thompson, Chapter 11. And I'm Rebecca Juton, Chapter 8. So, Becky, what's new in Victoria for Fearless? There is a really fun thing happening in Victoria right now. It's probably going to be a slow burn um, because it's a little bit of a stealth kind of project to get together the Fearless Virtual Book Club. Mm-hmm. And people who are listening to us now, some of them will know what this is already, but some people who are just joining us might not. So I wanted to explain a little bit. Basically, I'm from Victoria, BC, Canada, and so there are, actually at this point, there's about 400 little free libraries strewn across the lower island. So what I have done is I've taken some books from um, my stock. I have put uh, a little letter to potential readers stuck to the cover. So 43 of the books have the same letter on the inside that explains about the virtual book club. There's QR codes to connect people to this podcast as well as our uh, Instagram, which is at KTRJ Minipod. And that's where the discussion is going to be happening about all things fearless for our listeners and authors to engage uh, with each other. People who find fearless in the little free libraries could be doing that over the course of a long period of time. So hopefully we'll have new people joining, um, you know, as we go along. And then the book number 22 is kind of a play off of Willy Wonka uh, because there is, you know, the golden ticket in Willy Wonka. Well, we have the golden brick book number 22. So as far as I know, it hasn't been found yet. So what I'm hoping is that, uh, and this may not happen, but we'll see this kind of the mystery of our podcast is that perhaps by the time we've gotten to chapter 14, someone will have found hashtag where's golden brick book 22 and will have been able to claim their prizes. And that would be super fun to announce. So we'll see if that happens. But in the meantime, whoever finds Golden Brick Book 22 will see the letter that's special to that book on the inside. They take a picture of the inside cover letter and they post it on KTRJ Minipod. Or they can email hello at littlecrabpress.ca. That's my publishing address. And so if Instagram doesn't work for that person, then they have another way of getting hold of us because that email address is in the letter on the cover of book 22. So the prizes are a bunch of cool downloads. Um, I don't want to list them all now, but is a whole bunch of stuff that was available to people who purchased uh, Fearless during the Amazon rally that happened on April 8th, 9th, and 10th. So the Golden Brick Book Finder will get all of those things as well as me purchasing them a giant delicious organic chocolate bar a la Willy Wonka. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So that's what's happening in Victoria. What's going on in Kelowna, BC? Well, there is going to be a fearless book signing taking place on Saturday, May 8th in Kelowna at the Priest Creek Family Estate Winery. All of the fearless authors who are Okanagan residents will be there. It's going to be um, social distancing safe. So each author has a 45-minute time slot that they're going to be there to sign books and sell books. 
Um, if you buy a book at the winery, you, you receive 10% off uh, Priest Creek's Delicious Rosé, which is oh perfect goodness. for Mother's Day. And huh. 10% of book sales from the book signing are going to be donated to a local charity called Women in Leadership Okanagan. That sounds like something I would totally take my mother-in-law to. Yes. the word. <laughs> awesome. It's great that you guys are able to do a book signing somewhere during the pandemic safely. Outdoors, safely. Yeah. In each episode of this podcast, we share with each other a specific part of the chapter that we have highlighted for any reason and see if the other one of us selected the same part. Chapter four is called Four Letter Words, and it was written by Betsy Grinder who runs a healthy meal delivery service called Your Daily Serving in her hometown in Pennsylvania. You can give Betsy a following on Instagram. She's at, at Betsy Grinder, or check her out on her website, which is giventothegrinders.com. Given to the Grinders is G-R-I-N-D-E-R-S.com. Okay, Becky, chapter four, four-letter words, what quote chimed for you and why? A funny thing about this chapter for me is that this is one of the first ones where I felt like the author and I personally had a bunch of stuff in common. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't had the same hardship as her, but her sort of tenacity, her perseverance, her entrepreneurial spirit all really spoke to me. Yeah. And I have to say that my quote, my highlight of the highlights um, is as follows, but I have another little one that I want to touch on after. So the, my quote of the quote is, who we are is not measured by wealth, babies, jobs, or hours spent volunteering. It is about how we treat ourselves. Toss those expectations others have of you to the side. This life you are living is for you, and the future you are creating and working towards is only going to be made by you. Becky, that's my quote. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> we finally got the same one. No, I exactly like two asterisks decided. <laughs> that's wild. Okay. So tell me why this quote chimed for you. I think it's really easy to go through life and forget that you only get one of them. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. when you think about the future you're creating and working toward is only going to be made by you, it's, it's just so true. You have to do what you want because no one else is going to do it for you. And it's not going to work if you're always looking externally for validation Mm -hmm. about your wealth or your babies or your Mm -hmm. jobs or your hours spent volunteering you know yes how about you I think we a lot of women our age can definitely relate to that that's a a lot of what my chapter is about and I don't want to get into my chapter Mm -hmm. I think because we both chimed on the same quote if it's okay with you I'm actually going to give you my number two yeah, because to me, it's sort of the other part of what her chapter is about. Right. Um, she's talking about, in large part, um, her struggle in starting a family with her partner and the fear that came from uh, her terrible miscarriage, which is something that I've been through, too. Mm-hmm. So the other chapter that or the other quote that resonated with me was this one. As much as I would love to tell you, I left the emotions of that season of my life in the past. I have not. I have had hard days where the pain feels like it happened yesterday. 
And there's a sort of part two to that quote where she says, I'm mm. thankful for the path that got me there and the doors that opened along the way. Mm. Um, why this resonated with me and connecting this back to the idea of fear is the idea that sometimes fear shapes us. It isn't necessarily always something that we need to overcome. Sometimes it's something that we need to accept as having helped build us and shape us into the person we are now. And it's a part of our history. I remember having a conversation with a friend after my second miscarriage, and she said something along the lines of, um, those babies will always be a part of your family's history. Mm. And she, she was so right. You know, I was so afraid to try to get pregnant a third time because my miscarriages were so painful. There was so much fear so, so much fear associated with trying to get pregnant. And then when I did become pregnant, I spent that whole pregnancy absolutely terrified. Right. In retrospect, I feel like the fear that came from my miscarriages, which were a terrible part of my life, have shaped me, not for the good, not for the bad, but I, I am who I am because they happened to me. Right. Um, and so for me, me, it isn't about overcoming my fear of pregnancy and losing babies again. It's about sort of honoring the experience I had that was that created the fear and saying I am who I am because of it. And it also honors, you know, sort of gives it a little bit of power, not in a bad way, but in a good way. Right, right. Yeah. And I haven't experienced that myself. Um, so, you know, I lean on you and Betsy to, uh, <laughs> to be the accurate authorities on on that those feeling I I feel like I can't imagine but I also am like you know I can't imagine because it is one of those things that cuts you to the core when it happens and it's just you know it's bound to shift your your perception of um, yeah what is, what's worth being afraid of what's mm. worth worrying about <laughs> and what you know? you're going to do with that fear you know there was a part of me that didn't want to try again because the fear was mm. so terrible um, so, you know, it is, it is about sort of pushing through it and sort of staring your fear in the eye and sort of having like almost a stare down with it and being like, mm. you're not going to win. I acknowledge you. You're going to come with me. The fear walked with me throughout my whole pregnancy with Polly and I acknowledged it, but I really worked on not letting it win. And I, I felt that in Betsy's chapter too, like you talked about her tenacity Mm -hmm. um, it, you can really, it like jumps off the page, just sort of yeah. like how, how her life experiences have shaped her and how she's sort of taken them and said, you're a part of me and I'm going to come out stronger because of it. I feel like she's like made a conscious decision, whether this quality was in her already or not, whether it was alive in her already or not. I feel like she decided to have gumption. Yes. <laughs> and I, yes, I'm, I'm into it. You know, I mean. My, my secondary highlight ties into what you're saying. The section where she's sort of just explaining what, the period of time of her life where she's kind of deciding whether or not she should try again and that kind of stuff and what those fears are. Mm -hmm. Fear of falling on the floor, overcome with this disappointment and pain. Again, you know, fear of sharing how I was doing with others all over again. You know, those things, those didn't specifically relate to me because I haven't experienced miscarriage. But when she said the fear of possibly not wanting what I want yes. so badly, that yes. last fear stunned me. I was like, I have had that because my whole entire mm -hmm. life was something completely different. My whole entire life becoming a teacher was kind of my identity um, when I was younger. You know, that's all I would ever talk about for career. 
And everything I did in school was geared towards being able to go to university and become a teacher. Cut to when I got to university and got my bachelor's, I did specialize in a different um, arena because I thought it would make me a better teacher and then was doing the post-degree program after. You know, bachelor's degree is done, finally ready to start my career, just have to do a one-year program to become an actual teacher. And then off I go to the races and, you know, first month I'm like getting a bad feeling something's wrong. It's weird. Second month, I do my two-week practicum, and it all just comes crashing down. And I had been a teacher because of my ESL experience. I'm certified as an ESL teacher. So I knew that the teaching part, the standing up in front of people, imparting knowledge thing wasn't the problem. It was the way that the program I was in was being taught. The way I was being not taught to be a teacher basically Mm -hmm. and so I had this conversation with my parents you know kind of bawling where I was like oh my god I don't think I want to do this anymore and now all of my plans for how I'm going to pay back my student loans are shot (laughs) because I'm not going to automatically be a teacher anymore in the public school system so now what and that's actually what started the whole writing process for me because I started my children's book So I had to go through the fear of not wanting what I once wanted so badly. And it was an identity rocker shocker for me, you know? Yeah. The fear associated with having wanted something for so long and then realizing maybe I don't want it so badly. Yeah. Probably. So relatable. Yeah. Right. Like, well, I find that with all of these chapters, you can read these chapters and these women's sort of life experiences are so different to yours. And yet the mm. fear that they're describing or the layers and levels of fear that they're describing is still so relatable. And I think that's really the point of this book is to show mm-hmm. you that like we all share these really similar fears, even if they're sort of like brought about from different experiences in our lives. And that's really what connects us. That does it for your teaser taste of chapter four from Fearless, transforming fear into courage within relationships, career, society, and self. You can order Fearless through the publisher, which is at goldenbrickroad.pub, or of course, through Indigo or Amazon. And if you are a Betsy Grinder fan, contact her through her Instagram at Betsy Lynn and see if she has signed copies still available for purchase. Thanks for listening. Come back next time to hear if Beck and I choose the same quote within chapter five, which is written by Christine Asavaloff, and it's entitled Rewriting My Chapter. While we wait for our Fearless Minipod episode five to be released in the coming week, join in the conversation at our Instagram at KTRJ Minipod, or you can send this podcast a voice message on anchor.fm. Bye. You know what, KTRJ Minipod, it sounds like like WKRP in Cincinnati, like it's kind of radio-ish. Yeah. Hello, like meet Kristen. You got it. Last time it was a bit hard to conclude because we both hadn't said bye. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh...